Hello, hello everyone, and welcome to the AIM Sisters podcast. You're here today with your hosts, Anna and Maria Setting, bringing your favorite twin talk of the week. And in this episode, we wanted to discuss a topic that is really popular, actually, and is relationships. Um, we're in a stage of our lives now that we're actually grown-ups, and that's a bit strange, isn't it? In the middle of our 20s, and certain topics start to come up because some friend of ours, they are getting to serious relationships, meaning marriage. And certain times and certain people can be very frightened by the concept of marriage because it feels like it's kind of oppressive and it won't allow you to change. But other people get really excited about the stability and security that a marriage can bring. And we wanted to discuss a bit about those long-term relationships and other relationships in our lives that make us feel this you know, pulled in different directions. So how do you feel about it? Are you the type that wants to run away from it or the type who actually is searching for it? I think it's a little bit difficult for me to say right now because I'm not in a long-term relationship with anyone. So I don't know how I would feel right now with my mentality, you know, if I would feel safe in that relationship and really be committed, you know, and want to stay with that person for a long, long time. Or if I would be a little bit um, and feeling uneasy, you know, like I really like that person, but I'm not sure <laughs> if I'm going to stay, um, remain with the same feelings for, you know, the rest of our lives, which I don't think it happens at all. And that's something that I was discussing with you before. Like, um, I think some people, they can feel safe in long-term relationships, especially in marriage, because they feel that they don't need to search anymore or they kind of have to settle down. So they kind of find a certain stability and a certain sense of, um, I shouldn't be looking elsewhere, you know, but some people, they don't need this to feel this sense of stability. I believe, even though they're not married, they already feel like they are content in their situation. They don't need to be looking out there for new people or, you know, comparing their relationship with their imaginary sense of what an ideal relationship would look like because that actually doesn't happen. <laughs> but I feel this shows a bit of a insecure type of attachment, isn't it? Because if you only feel like you're completely committed to someone only if you actually sign a paper saying you're married... That's a bit strange to me, this concept, you know, because even if you're dating someone, you're supposed to trust that person. And like, and even in a marriage, if you grow apart, separation might happen. So nothing, it's not like taking another person for granted ever. You know, even if you, of course, maybe marriage brings more complications, but um, it's still the same. But uh, what I would you say about, you know, one certainty is that everybody changes. You know, everybody yeah. will change during their relationships. And how can you be sure about someone? Or how can you be sure about yourself if you really want to commit with someone for a very long time, which is expected of a marriage, right? That's what people usually expect. To get married, you're going to be with that person, you know, forever. A long time. <laughs> but so I want to say uh, leads to this certainty or this feeling of security even knowing that you both will change. I think, well, 
before marriage, it's expected that you're in a relationship with someone, right? And I think even this dating period is like a good trial period because the person is going to change in that period as well. Like I said, it's a constant. I'm going to change. The person is going to change. And you can see if your changes are aligned or not. If you see you two heading towards the same goal, same direction. And of course, you cannot predict where the change is going to go, but hopefully you grow in parallel, not like apart, you know, and that's what is, I think is expected, but it should be, I think like, instead of saying, you know, when you're saying your vows, instead of committing yourself, like, of course, like the same traditional stuff, but you should say like, I know we're going to change, you know, like talk something about this, but I, but I'll be by your side during your periods of change and I'll give you space to grow into your full version, into the version of yourself that you desire. And I'll be there to support you in that period. And in my periods of transformation, I hope you'll be there to be someone that I can count on. And I think that's, that would be a much more beautiful wedding vow, in my opinion. I agree. And I think it's needed to have more conversations about this topic of change, you know, and allowing the other person to grow and to change because, of course, you want to feel safe and secure inside a relationship. And usually it happens when you really know what to expect from the other person, right? So you expect people who are a little bit anxious or, you know, they want to know what's going to happen next. (laughs) So when your partner starts, you know, taking different steps from what you expected or starts behaving differently or enjoying different things. And then maybe you can start feeling a little bit insecure. But actually, this shouldn't really happen. This should be maybe an exciting journey for both of you. Although it's easier to say than to really be in that situation, right? Maybe you should explain to our listeners like how this conversation came up in the first place. Like we were, I was talking to my sister yesterday about a podcast. I was listening about self-development and all those things. And a really good question came up. Um, It was a talk between Joe Dispenza and Louise Hall. I think that's his name. And the School of Greatness podcast is really popular. So probably you've heard of it. Um, But a really good question came up, you know, like what if you're in a past, in the path of self-development and spirituality and all the things you love to talk about here on the channel. Um, And then your partner is not, you know, because I mean, if you meet someone like us, you understand that we're in this path and it's easier. But what if you're older, you know, what if you're already in a settled relationship or even if you're young, but you have like, you're dating someone and all of a sudden you're interested in, you know, expanding your consciousness and then the other person stuck in the same place. And of course, it's going to create like conflict at some point because it's like, I want to evolve. I want to grow and expand my possibilities of myself, of my being, while the other person just expects me to be the one who will be like watching, I don't know, TV shows together and doing nothing on the weekend, you know? Uh, it can be really complicated. And I also feel people get a sense of kind of betrayal, you know? Like, what happened? That's not you. We had a thing going on. Like, we, when we met, when we said we were together, we had this agreement that you were that person and I was this person. If I'm still this person, you're expected to be that person. But 
it doesn't happen. So what do you think about those situations? Do you think we can overcome them or not? I think that's a difficult question, really. And it's really specific to the, the, the couple or the relationship we're talking about. Because it happens in all types of relationships, you know, with friends as well. Yeah. yeah. Suddenly you don't vibe with your friends anymore. And then you start hanging out with other people who are more aligned with what you're expecting right now of your life. And it's okay. But I think in terms of relationship, if it's like not a long-term relationship or you haven't had many plans together yet, maybe it's easier to shift, you know, like things are not working out. Oh, well, move on. But if it's like a marriage or a long-term relationship or you were, I don't know, living together for a long time, then maybe... The most important thing is conversation, right? Don't ignore that something is going on, but really bring this up to the table and talk to the other person. Like, this is what I'm feeling. This is where I'm going, you know? And you cannot stop me from changing. And you're also changing, but in a different direction. So, you know, try to figure out together. And if the other person is not understanding of your situation, oh, well. You cannot stop growing because of the other person, I believe. Yeah. So, you know, try to do your best to communicate and to reconciliate and to find a pathway that both of you can grow together. But if the other person is really just stuck and doesn't want to help you at all or even blocking your way, you know, maybe it's not a healthy relationship to start. Yeah. Because I see, especially with older people, like people in our lives even you see like married people especially seems like they stop evolving a little bit like they don't give space for each other to become whoever they want to be because they feel they're being judged by their partners they usually are yeah this dynamic is really toxic but it happens quite often and that's why like when people joke about like midlife crisis and People get a divorce, you know, they say, I'm fine with being myself. Oh, darling, actually, I think you are. Because if that relationship wasn't allowing you to evolve, you're going to feel stuck in some way, right? So that's why this whole conversation came up because I was like, okay, like we're in this stage of our lives that people are talking about, like, what do we want for life? Do you want to find a long, like, lifelong partner or not? Do you want to, what are the plans for your personal life as well? Because you only talk about career and all those things, but personal life is important. So I was like, I was thinking about this and I was came to the conclusion, like I'll only be able to commit to someone like in a marriage type of relationship if freedom is implicit in the process. It's like, we're in this partnership together, but we're giving ourselves space to grow. And if you grow Go and become the best version of you. Well, I try to become the best version of me. I'll never stop you from trying anything. If it's not harmful, of course, you know, because I felt stifled in relationships before. And when I broke really that relationship, I felt like a free bird. Like I could breathe again. So I would never want to feel like that again in my life. So yeah. And marriage is like long, long, long-term commitment. And for someone like me, it's kind of scary, but 
if freedom is implicit from the beginning, I think it's possible. What are your thoughts? I agree, but I think maybe the right person will make you feel sure and make you feel that you can propel each other forward. You know, yeah. you're not going to feel you're committed to a past version of yourself as well as the other person. Because sometimes it's not really, most of the time it's not really about the other person, right? Most of the time things, things happen because of ourselves, you know, when we cannot deal with our own stuff or we cannot face our own selves because everything is like an inner state that is exteriorized, you know? So it's all about the inner work. <laughs> oh, yeah. Even in relationships, when we are dealing with other people, we're actually dealing a lot with ourselves. Mm -hmm. So I guess when we allow ourselves to grow and to change, we also allow our partners to grow and to change. And then things can flow, you know, in the relationship because you both have space to, you know, discover a new part of your own self or discover a new um, color to the relationship that you didn't know existed before. Yeah. And Find another thing that... Hmm? Find you from tears together. Yeah. And... What is the most important thing for it to happen, I believe, it's vulnerability. You know, being vulnerable with your partner so you can open up and you can share, you know, the shifts that are happening within you or the things that are coming up. And also vulnerability to try something new for yourself and to allow yourself to think bigger and to explore something that your heart is calling you to do you know so I agree I think that's why also like understanding each other's values because like I said the trial period when you're dating if you know someone's values if that person doesn't value self-development you know it's a red flag for me because like how you're expected to be free and grow together if the person is not interested in growing you know like life will push them to grow anyways, of course. But if it's an inner decision is much better. And it means that this person is ready for transformation for whatever comes, I think more resilience. And, but I agree with you, like being vulnerable is also important in this process to detach from older versions of yourself as well and older concepts and allow, you know, truer and newer versions of yourself to emerge. And this process can be... Sorry. No, I was just saying that this process can be in partnership as well. It doesn't need to be alone. What is that about, you know, finding someone who is also into self-development and something like that? I agree totally, but I think sometimes for some people it's hard to notice because, you know, self-development doesn't look like one thing only. Maybe you can find someone who is not into like self-help, who is not into spirituality and all, but they are a lot, you know, they have their own type of self-development. They are goal-oriented and they allow change and all, but the way you perceive it is not the same as the way you perceive your own journey of self-development. And I think maybe um, also like spending a lot of time together, you both will, you know, 
start learning things from each other and maybe this will look more similar in the future, you know, the way you two approach um, self-development and spirituality and all that. But in the beginning, maybe it looks very, very different. And you may not be able to see that they are also into this path of self-development right away because they don't use the same terminology, because they don't talk about the same stuff. But actually, their mentality is really um, towards their own self-development and their own, you know, growth. I think that's why people say that actions are more valuable than words sometimes. Because like, even if, like you said, you don't have this new vocabulary to express that, um, you can tell by the person's actions, I feel, and decisions in life. And it's like kindness, you know. Kindness is a really important trait in people in general. It's not something you can just say, oh, I'm a kind person. You don't say those things. You know someone is kind when you see their actions, right? And you see what they're doing. Maybe you can tell someone's intelligent by what they say. But other very, very valuable traits is just by behavior, actions, and, you know, all those things that are, you cannot communicate exactly. Do you think there's some other trait that is important because in this process of reconceptualizing relationships? Uh, one thing from the beginning, sorry, you want to say something? No, no, go ahead. Since you were talking about marriage, reconceptualizing marriage is so important. Like you said, the vows. I mean, <laughs> when you look into the all the rituals around marriage, you know, there are a lot of things that we disagree me and my sister. And I think <laughs> if it comes to a point where I'm going to get married, I'm going to have to sit down and plan, like really do my research, you know, because there are so many things like that are so wrong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Symbolism around it. And, you know, having to say your vows in a certain way. I mean, so many things are so wrong. So I think reconceptualizing the marriage itself, the ceremony around it, it's something mm -hmm. that would really help to break free from those, you know, old ideas of what a relationship should look like. Because, you know, our society is so different right now. And we're not, you know, marrying the person who we grew up one street far away from and the families know each other and all. The situation is also different nowadays. And, you know, I we should you, change like, the way we do our marriages as well. If Just you want, I can get a a certificate and be a reverend and I can marry you as I said if you can find anyone else that will do your alternative weird marriage I'll, I'll do the ceremony for you <laughs> sister. there's always an option and but I totally agree because human beings we are creatures that have all this beautiful culture and this beautiful symbology to everything so Words have meaning, actions have meaning, so, you know, symbols, the wedding ring, if you wear it or not, who, what are you supposed to do in the ceremony? Everything has meaning and it's done historically and repeatedly or generation after generation for a reason. You know, it creates a historical connection between things energetically as well. And if you don't want to repeat a pattern, you better break what's starting that in the first place. And I mean vows and energies like oh my goodness yeah. 
you know, you better know what you're saying in those vows because you don't want to mess up with your, you know, that's even why your think, future lives, you know, please. That's why I think the, <laughs> at least in our like Catholic tradition, I'm, I can't tell of other religions because that's how we grew up. Um, I think it's important when they say to death, do as a part. I mean, you're ending the vow here on earth in this lifetime. If you don't like that person, your soul is not, you know, like the vow doesn't need to go on to multiple lifetimes. And, you know, unless you have some karma to resolve there. <laughs> but, but I think it's it's really important. And also, in general, like, what do you think are some myths about or crazy relationships you have nowadays? Like, for example, monogamy. Or you're expected to love one person your entire life and all those things. Can you, what are your opinion on that? Like, do you think it's a myth or you think it's possible? I think it is possible. I think it really depends on the person. You know, if you talk to someone who is ace, for example, they don't yeah. feel sexual attract, most of them, some of them, because it's a spectrum, right? Ace is about the asexual community. They don't feel sexual attraction for many people. You know, maybe they feel like attracted to three, four people until their 30s or 40s, you know. So I don't think it's that hard to be monogamous when you don't feel attracted to people in general. <laughs> But, yeah. you know, if you are not, I don't know, maybe you feel it's more challenging. I don't know. But also, you know, it depends on the emotional connection as well. And also the way you grew up, you know, maybe you feel it is not right. And then because of your moral values, you really restrain yourself from even, you know, considering liking other people. But if you're more liberal, you know, and you want to explore your youth and, you know, you can. It really depends on the person. I agree. I don't think there's anything wrong or right. I think it's all about having um, open communication with your partner, you know. Don't pretend you're monogamous if you're not in a relationship. You have to be very clear about it because the other person really needs to know where they're getting themselves into. Yes. So if you are open and communicate with your partner or the person you're interested about, about, you know, how you deal with relationships, then it can work. And the other person is aware of the situation and agrees with that. But if the other person does not agree, and if you did not talk to the person about it, then I don't, I don't think it's fair. That's a good answer. Yeah, a really diplomatic answer. <laughs> But that's true. I mean, and I do I, I, agree that people who are monogamous and heterosexual, they are privileged in our society because they are better understood. And usually when you meet someone, you kind of expect them to be in that way, pattern, you know, mm-hmm. depending on, on the, the setting where you, you are interacting with people. Of course, other places you wouldn't expect, you know, if you know this place, you know, lots of people from the LGBT community goes there, probably you're not with this mentality, but depending on the place, probably already, like you go on a date with someone, you're already expecting, oh, probably this person is, bi or heterosexual because they are with me if they are male for example or you know you have those preconceived ideas but sometimes it's not 
It's not, you know. So that's why communication is really important because we just assume things and we shouldn't. Yeah, I agree. I would say it's a myth just in a sense that, you know, I don't think, I think, like you said, monogamy is a cultural thing more than a biological thing. And people say like, we're meant to be this way. We're meant to be nothing, you know, like <laughs> you were born in a culture and you're shaped by that. And that's it. <laughs> like, wake up. <laughs> know where you came from, you know. But I think um, there's nothing good or bad about it. It's just a way of life, honestly. But cer certain ways of life are more conventional than others. That's and accepted. It. Yeah, and accepted. You I won't think be bullied really, for being the norm. I don't know. Like, I don't really know people who are like that, or I'm not in the situation to really know. But I believe, you know, for example, when you have a family and you have, for example, an open relationship, even though you're married or you're polyamorous or something, if people knew about that, you know, in the school your children are going, probably would be judged, you know, from the other moms or, you know, from people around you. So I believe, you know, not being part of this um, dominant type of relationship, you know, or sexuality can be really challenging depending on the situation. And we think, oh, everything's okay, but actually our society is very, um, coercive and really it's all about you know punishing to keep people alive so, yeah yeah I think everyone would try to be different in a certain way it's not even trying to be different people are not like the norm they felt it in their skin this coercion right but I think it's important to talk about those things And we would love to know your opinion as well on reconceptualizing relationships. If you've ever felt restricted in one and what are your thoughts on how can you have freedom inside a committed relationship? That would be very interesting for us to hear as well. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Please leave us a like, share with your friends and comment down below or leave us a review on the podcast. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. Have a lovely week or weekend. Thank you so much. Till next week. Bye.